0: Bible this morning turn to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number six, 2 Corinthians 6. I have to ask, was was I subtle enough in my theme this morning? Did, did Second Corinthians six, let me read just one verse verse 2 for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation I don't know where you stand on the end times and your belief and where you think things are on the the eschatological chronology timeline. But I think that each of us have to admit that we are closer to the Lord's return than we were. Now, whether or not that return is going to be this afternoon or 100 years from now, We don't know for sure, but it sure seems like everything is beginning to align very, very, um, very effectively. Now, here's what I'm I'm trying to take away from that. If the Lord (coughs) comes this afternoon, then I want to be sure that I have done everything... Possible to prepare for that event because following the Lord's return I will not be able to go around sharing the gospel I will not be able to serve the Lord like I have my time will be over now if the Lord were to return a hundred years from now a thousand years from now And if I acted like he was going to return a thousand years from now, putting off any kind of anticipation, can you see how that would cause me to lessen my urgency of what I sought to accomplish for him? As I listened to the news, which I don't do real often because my stomach can't take it, As I read the current events, as we hear what's going on in Israel, in our own country, I believe the Lord is returning soon. With that in mind, I believe it's time to make Christ a priority in our lives. I believe it's time for us to get our spiritual houses in order. I believe it's time to reach out to our friends our relatives our neighbors and let them know of the hope that is in us and I believe it's time to give it's time to give I want to pray and ask God to meet with us during this time and as I share with you what God's laid on my heart and then following it up with the vision that God has given me for this year and what I believe God wants us to accomplish this year I need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide, and so let's bow for prayer. I thank you, dear Lord, for your incredible love and your blessing, for your faithfulness. And now, once again, for an opportunity for us to meet together and to open your word and to rely upon you for clear direction. So would you please meet with us, do a work in our hearts and lives, and I pray that you'll be glorified in it. We thank you for it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you know that God has a proper time, or a right time, for everything? Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. God has a right time. Now our timing doesn't always match with God's timing, and you know that. We say we want to do it here, and God says I want you to do it here, and we don't always like God's timing. We don't wait well. We're not good waiters. When we got our eyes set on something, we want it, and we want it now. If we're suffering, we want out of the suffering now. We don't have to wait for it. If we get a cold, we men especially, we don't want a cold. We want over it now because the whole world's falling apart if a man gets a cold. You ladies know that. God has a right time. And I learned in Isaiah 49, verses 7 and following, that it's a time according to his will it says thus saith the Lord the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One to him whom man despiseth to him whom the nation abhorreth to a servant of rulers kings shall see and arise princes also shall worship because of the Lord that is faithful and the Holy One of Israel and he shall choose thee this is the time of God the Father referring to Messiah his son thus saith the Lord the Father In an acceptable time have I heard thee and in a day of salvation have I helped thee and I will preserve thee and give thee for a covenant of the people to establish the earth to cause us to inherit the desolation heritage that thou mayest say to the prisoners go forth to them that are in darkness show yourselves they shall feed in the ways and their pastures shall be in all high places when I learned that this is the father talking to his son. And he says, I have heard thee in an acceptable time. Now that put me back. You you mean the father has an acceptable time even for his son? There is a time that God allows, that God determines, that God accepts, if you will. I have heard you. In an acceptable time and I will give you to become the sacrifice for man's sins according to the will of the Heavenly Father the commentaries gave some interesting insights one one commentary wrote the time judged by God to be the best fitted for effecting the purposes of his grace by Messiah another one the time fixed by my good pleasure from the creation of the world another one a time when Yahweh was willing or pleased to hear him a time when the Heavenly Father dictated he determined this is the time accepted for me to hear your prayer it's not only accepted time it is an approved time the text we read from in 2nd Corinthians 6 says behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation I looked it up and the word accepted here means approved now is the approved time God says I approve this time and now is the approved time for salvation he says now is the approved time and you understand God forbid but if you have put off salvation thinking I will do it later I will do it at a more convenient time. I will get saved when I have tasted all that the pleasures of the world has to offer. Amazing how many times people have made that plan only to end up in a horrible accident and die. They missed the approved time. There was an accepted time, but they put that off. It's also an accelerated time. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Likewise, Hebrews 4.7, again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Today. Today amazing the trouble we get into when we put off to tomorrow what God is working in our hearts today. You heard last week the testimony of my son-in-law. When the founder of the addictions ministry in Illinois graduated from high school, he did so with plans of going to Bible college and studying for the ministry. He'd gone through the Christian school and was was a very, very smart. Didn't have to study a lot. He just got good grades. During that summer after graduation, he got in the wrong crowd. And instead of going to Bible college, he entered a party life. And over the next few years, his life spun wildly out of control. Drugs, Party life, everything imaginable. You see, there was an accelerated time, an accepted time, an approved time, that he said, I can always do it later. But as he got in a motorcycle accident that just about took his life, he realized he should have heeded that approved time. In Ephesians 5, beginning of verse 15, it teaches us that God wants us using the time that he gives us wisely. Time goes so fast. Good night. It seems like just yesterday we were bringing our daughter home from the hospital, and now she's got a child of her own. Where did it go? Larry and I graduated from high school. What was that, a couple days ago? Seems like. See then that you walk circumspectly, it says in Ephesians 5.15, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Colossians 4.5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. The word means to buy it back or to use it carefully. God wants us to use the time that he gives us wisely. Well, what he gives in the Bible is a guide of how we are to walk. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Walk circumspectly. When I think of the word circumspectly, I think of looking at all sides looking over here and here and here and here, always keeping an eye all the way around, and that's a wonderful definition of circumspectly. But the word from which we get the word circumspectly means carefully or diligently or accurately. In fact, the English word accurate comes from this Greek word, accurate. See that you walk... Accurately, diligently, carefully. This word translated circumspectly is translated differently, like in Matthew 2 8 it says, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently. That's the same Greek word. In 1 Thessalonians 5 2, for yourselves know perfectly. Same Greek word, perfect. So I believe that here we are being charged to be extremely careful in our Christian walk in this world. Be careful. Be careful. Be diligent. Yes, be circumspect in your walk with Christ. The phrase, in wisdom toward them that are without in Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. In this world, we need wisdom. We need discernment, along with humility and meekness. God wants us to be wise. God wants us to keep our eyes open, understand what is true and what's false. Along with that, He wants us to represent Christ. He wants us to be Christ. We're to walk honestly in this world, in 1 Thessalonians 4.12, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. We're to reflect the truth. Honesty. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then in 1 Timothy 3:7 teaches us that we are to keep a good report or a good testimony. It says, Moreover, he must have a good report or testimony of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. God requires his children, those who have put their faith and trust in Christ, to maintain a good testimony before the world. We should be high in integrity and character. Sadly, more than one businessman has shared with me that they despise doing business with Christians. because They told me Christians don't pay their bills. Christians try to get things for free. Christians are not afraid to cheat me, he said. Let that be never said of anybody here. There's a reason he gives for a proper walk. We're to walk in this life. We're to walk before the world. We're to represent Christ. What's the reason? We might redeem the time. Redeeming, it means to buy up or to rescue from loss. To buy up or rescue from loss. Because of those desiring to steal our time. See, if the devil can steal your time, if the devil can keep you busy, then you won't have time to serve the Lord. If the devil can keep you busy doing things that aren't bad, they're not bad, they're, they're acceptable things, but they're not things that count for eternity, then he's won. Walk circumspectly, and walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time because of them that are without, who want to steal our time from that which is eternal and profitable. From an article entitled Time Wasters, Master Your Time from Someone Who's Done It, here are the top ten time wasters according to this particular person. Number one, social media, procrastination, over planning <laughs> and then under planning. Email, unnecessary meetings, routines, menial tasks, gadgets, cell phones, tablets, and the like. And then lack of organization, time wasters. Now I wrote down three that came to mind. First one is entertainment. Entertainment. In Proverbs 21, verse 17, it says, He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. 2 Timothy 3, 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Verse 4. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So here, in this category of entertainment, as loving pleasures focuses on me, not God. Me. Make me feel good. Make me laugh. Make me enjoy, enjoy life. Make me, me, me. But that's not how Christ came. Can you think of a time in the scriptures where the Bible says Jesus telling his disciples, Disciples, tell me a story. Make me feel better. I'm really bummed. Disciples, cook me, a fe- cook me a meal because, but I'm really, I'm famished. Can you think of a time where Jesus asked folks to serve him? I can't. No, he gave his life serving others. Interesting. Entertainment. Entertainment. In Proverbs 23 and verse 20 and 21, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of the flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. I wanted to wait till after Christmas to read this one, so I could do it with a clear conscience. Ex- excess pleasures are very costly. Excess, living in excess, is very costly. So entertainment is one time waster. I read it recently, talked about how many folks are addicted to cell phones. And you know what I said? I'm not. As I was saying I'm not, I pulled my cell phone out to check it. (laughs) Seriously. And I said, what am I doing? Constantly checking emails and checking messages. I can't go just a few minutes without checking that silly thing. Entertainment second category that I see as a time waster is the wrong crowd what God can use to steal valuable time that could be used for eternity here's some questions I wrote down to ask yourself about those with whom you spend time does that person have a critical spirit Luke 6 37 judge not and ye shall not be judged condemn not and ye shall not be condemned Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Interesting, the concept here it means don't be critical. Judge not. Don't be critical. Matthew seven one, judge not that ye be not judged. Don't be critical. James four eleven, speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brethren judgeth his brother. Speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law but a judge. Does this person have a critical? spirit. Number two, do they have an angry spirit? They're just typically an angry person. Just little tiny things set them off. Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man thou shalt not go. Ask, do they have any spiritual interest? Are spiritual things of any interest to them? Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Fourthly, am I being made better because of this relationship? Along with that, are they being made better because of this relationship? Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Hebrews 10, 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love unto good works. Is there a beneficial encouraging between you and the other individual? Those with whom you spend time. I got to thinking about it. Those with whom you spend time. Those that you go through this list and ask questions about. Here's a wonderful solution, those individuals. Get them here in church. Get them here in church. If they're not going to a really, really good church, get them here. Invite them, compel them to come here. After they visit once, get them back again. Third category that I believe is a horrible time waster is laziness. So we have to ask ourselves how much time do we waste? What accomplishments have we made this last year? What books do we read? Projects that we complete? What relationships did we strengthen and build? Are we having our devotions consistently you see laziness is a great time waster proverbs 18:9 says he also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that's a great waster it's also expensive laziness is expensive proverbs 10:4 he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand but the hand of the diligent maketh rich and then laziness has an unavoidable trap. Proverbs 24, 33, Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. God expects diligence in the use of our time. First of all, God approves us by our diligence. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word study. It's a cool Greek word is spodazzo. We get the word speed from this word. Speed. You ever get pulled over for spodazzoing? <laughs> speed. It means to use speed, to make effort, to be prompt or earnest, to endeavor, to labor, to study. I want to read the verse this way, with you thinking about it. Study, be diligent, make effort, use speed. Not the drug, use use fast going. To be prompt, to study, to show thyself approved. Unto God therefore if I don't do this I am not showing myself approved unto God therefore I believe he's saying if you're lazy if you're wasting all kinds of time then you're not showing yourself approved unto God you say oh pastor I'm saved I know I'm going to heaven I go to church all the time are you approved by God I don't mean, are you accepted by Him? You're saved. You are gloriously accepted. You don't have to earn His love. You have that incredibly. It's wonderful. And you will go to heaven and enjoy the splendors of heaven. I'm not talking about your relationship as a child of God. I'm talking about your relationship as one of His servants. Are you approved? God approves us by our diligence. God, use me. I want you to use me as we sit month after month and year after year. And it just seems like God never uses us. Did you ever notice the people that God tends to use are not lazy people? I'll get off this couch, Lord, if you give me some good fun thing to do. I'll start having my Bible devotions every day, Lord, if you'll give me some exciting job to do. Diligently secure your salvation and walk with God, he says in 2 Peter 1.10. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence. It's the same word, spadazzo, study, make effort. Give diligence here to make your calling and election sure, For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. In other words, make sure you're saved. Don't be struggling with doubts of your salvation. Get that secured. Make sure that you know you're saved. And then by faith, go on from there. Grow from there. And then lastly, in 2 Peter 3, 14, it says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, Be diligent, there's the same word, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Be diligent to stay pure. Be diligent to stay pure. God blesses diligence. And he's displeased with laziness. You see, from his perspective, he knows how brief our time is. Living our lives, especially as we're younger, it seems like our lives are going to go forever. It's not until you reach about my age that you start recognizing, hmm, this life thing is going by pretty fast. Huh, I've got more years behind me than I do ahead of me. Whew, where did that all go? And then we begin to realize how valuable time is, redeeming the time. God rewards and blesses diligence. So, now is the time. Now is the time. Why? Because of current events that seem to be telling us that the Lord's return is at hand. Now is the time because He tells us now is the accepted time God has an approved time. He doesn't always tell us when the end of that time is. But you and I right now are living in that approved time to work for Him. And it could be over at any moment. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you're here this morning... And do not know for sure I mean 100% for sure that heaven is your home when you die if you don't know for sure that you're what the Bible says is born again or saved if you don't know for sure that your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ you need to get saved today because now now is the accepted time now is the day of salvation With all that in mind, now is the time. I want to share with you the vision that God has laid on my heart. And please don't think for a moment that God gave me a dream. And in that dream, I had this vision. And what I'm giving you is God opened the windows of heaven. That's not it. I simply asked God, would you give me some ideas of things that, that I can write down that could be a challenge to us? And so, in my mind, this is what I believe God is leading us to do. Because here's what he's been working in my life. We currently pay, and some of you know this, we currently pay around $15,000 a month to lease this place right here. Now, when I learned that after coming here, I said, I can't believe we're paying the mall that kind of money. a month times 12 is a pretty big number. We pay every year to come and enjoy meeting the table like this. We have um, new owners. And uh, our $15,000 a month, because of our current lease, which they're honoring, will go up to $16,000 roughly in May of this year. But... When our lease runs out, which is May of 2025, so a little over a year away, it will immediately go to over $21,000 a month with the new owners. Now, they told us that we could either continue leasing or we can buy this 11,000 square feet that we have right here. They'll offer it to us for a little over $2 million. So $2 million $145,000 is the going price for this 11,000 square feet and depending on interest rates at the time our payments would actually be lower than what we're paying right now after a down payment we currently have around $500,000 toward a down payment we would need another $300,000 to get a mortgage our goal is to raise $300,000 this year. I want to show you something. I don't have it. (laughs) And I think most of you would tell me the same thing. You know, it's been five years. I remember after my first or second year, I I presented to you a vision, and that vision was to raise over a million dollars. Well, we didn't raise a million dollars. so I'm coming, coming to you now, and my billfold has the same number of ca- dollar bills as it had then. <laughs> and I, my bank account is not prepared to, to handle $300,000. And I know most of you can't either. And yet, God has given to, what I believe, us an incredible opportunity here. And that's to purchase this, this, this property. You say, two million, I can't believe two million dollars. I have been looking, we have been looking diligently for land since I got here. And to, to have what we have here is an incredible deal. Let me just tell you, it's a deal. We have parking out here. We've got these wonderful facilities. Um, uh, that, that amount there takes care of all the outside care of the plowing and takes care of our roof and things on the outside. And, and so it is... A deal, and we've done a lot of research on this. So our goal this year is to raise twenty-five thousand dollars a month. That's what it comes down to. Three hundred thousand dollars, and so I believe that God wants us to do it. Am I going to twist your arms? Not one of you, except my wife. I'm going to twist her arm. The rest of you, I'm not going to twist your arms at all to give this year. I'm not going to have a, th- a fund-raising company come in here and try to twist your arms. I'm not come to come to your home and visit you and try to pump you up to give money. I want to simply collectively to say, God, what can you do through me? And let's find out if God is true to his word. And by the way, I, I believe this is God's will. In case you're wondering, I believe it's God's will. I don't believe he wants us giving away $21,000 a month to the mall. If we purchase this place here we have equity and if a year later we choose to find land in, in, in a suitable place we've got something to sell and so it's not like we're throwing money away any longer. okay number two by the way number one is raised three hundred thousand dollars toward a building purchase number two Bible reading in a year I'm so excited as people frequently through the year saying pastor I'm still doing it I'm still doing it. I'm still reading the Bible in a year, and that excites me. Um, I'm excited about everyone who does it, but I have been so blessed as uh, throughout the year, I've gotten reports from Sheila Rollins, who was unable to be here this morning, plans to be here tonight to receive her certificate, but I have certificates for all who have read the Bible through in this last year, and I have challenged you to do it last year and uh, encouraged you to do it, and so... um, could you help me out if you read the Bible through in a year we're going to bring these certificates by and give them to you and uh, so just start over this way as, as you just raise your hand he'll give you your certificate and congratulations and we have uh, Bible reading schedules on this table right over here so be sure and get one on the way out if you would like to do that it doesn't matter what system you use. I don't care I've heard several people tell me different systems they use in Read the Bible through. Uh, a couple people have read it chronologically, which is a wonderful way to read the Bible through because you see it in a whole new way. As long as you read it all the way through in a year, you get a certificate. And let me tell you, these certificates are worth a l- not much. <laughs> but you can <laughs> that's right, they are to God. That's exactly right. And they are for you. And thank you so much for your diligence. In this, and we'll make sure that you all get one of these. Let me keep reading as, as he passes these out and, um, and don't miss anybody. Third thing I want to talk about <clears throat> when you get to heaven, do you want to go alone? Or wouldn't it be cool to take some folks with you? When you get to heaven, wouldn't it be exciting to see a little corner of heaven over there, of people waving real big at you, and you say, who are these folks? They're all the people that you influenced to get there? Wouldn't it be neat? Well, this year, I said, wouldn't it be neat if there, the beginning of the year, the first Sunday, if we ask God to use us to bring somebody to church this year that sticks, so that as we get to January of next year, we can look back and we can say, look who is in our church family as a result of God using me. Now think about that. Think about that. Who is God using me to influence? A family member? A friend? A neighbor? A coworker? A school classmate? Who is it? Somebody at the grocery store? Post office? People with whom we talk once in a while? Who is it that we could influence and have visit with us to church and then keep on them until they actually became part of our family? Wouldn't that be cool? So the third vision I had is each one reach one. I mean, it'd be so neat if each one of us could reach 10 people this year, went them to Christ, get them baptized, and I'm part of the church. Well, that'd be great. But let's get real. We're probably not going to have everybody bringing 10 people. Some of you might. But I wonder if you could bring just one over 12 months. So would you pray about it? Just God to lead you to someone you could bring to come be a part of our church family I happen to be I know I'm partial but I happen to think this is a pretty special family here and I think people would do well to come and join our family here fourthly is what I call the book of the month um, I have it's a, actually as preparing for this message and thinking about how we spend our time some of us are avid readers and that's wonderful some of us don't read very much and use our time in not so productive ways. And so there's been numbers of books that Pastor Vanderhart and I have read that have been very beneficial and sometimes life-changing to us. And over this next 12 months, we're gonna share some of those books with you. Once a month, I'm gonna share a book and it'll make it, it, uh, offer it to you. The first one is one that I read uh, here about a year ago and it's called Where Do We Go From Here? Some of you might have read it. It's by Dr. David Jeremiah and this is a really good book it reads the laser of god's prophetic wisdom on 10 critical items or themes socialism globalism pandemics and plagues economic chaos apostasy in the church the encroachment of evil cancel culture spiritual famine jerusalem under threat and the triumph of the gospel i was so blessed by this particular um, author and, and his view on the end times and how what's, what's happening in our world. And so I'm encouraging you to get this book. We've got a table set up right in the lobby. And by the way, make no commission, n- n- no benefit to us whatsoever. whatsoever. In fact, um, we're not charging you, I think, 20-some cents on each book that we're paying for. Just, just we want to try to get them in your, in your hands. They're $13 a piece. So, if you want one, take it. There's a little place there to pay for it out there and read it. And I'm encouraging you to do so. I, your pastor, am encouraging reading this year of good material. So, we're going to start the first month with this particular book. The last thing, which I did not have a slide for, is Saturday morning men's prayer breakfast. I've been really, really burdened about this, and we've got men in our church. And yet, the greatest percentage of them. Are either not able to or don't come to our Saturday morning men's prayer meeting for one of a million different reasons. One of them, I think, has been because of the seven o'clock time. I don't like to come up so early, and so I told uh, Sean, I told the men, let's just try going into the new year with a different starting time. And so we're going to start at eight thirty instead of seven o'clock, just to try it, just to see if it makes a difference. Eight thirty. And one of the reasons is this, is because I go out door knocking with Pastor Vanderhart at 10.30. And uh, sometimes we do flyering. And so on those times, it would be very convenient for any men who wanted to to stick around for a few minutes and to go out with us or on your own after that. And so that's one of the reasons we chose that 8.30 time. So our Saturday morning prayer meeting is basically this. We come, we have a breakfast together, sometimes it's continental breakfast, sometimes we have biscuits and gravy, or Sean brings some special sausage, and he has, or whatever. And then we, we review a book, uh, some spiritual, uh, spiritual applications. Then we break off and we do some prayer together. And uh, it's just a time, good time, for our men in fellowship and sharpening iron. And so starting this Saturday, 8.30, we'll meet. So you come in the door, and down there in the, one of the rooms off the, off the hall there, you'll see us there. We'd encourage you to come and just have a good time together. It lasts an hour, hour, 15 minutes, something like that. And just a good time of fellowship. If you can come join us, I would encourage you to do so. Every year, I come to this particular uh, day, Vision Sunday, with a little bit of nervousness, a little fear, a little anxiety, wondering how what God laid on my heart will be received because it's a challenge I know it is when I first introduced reading the Bible in a year (laughs) I had reports of people my age and older who had never read the Bible through ever and so they said pastor I don't know if I can do this but I've had so many people take the challenge the last couple few years and, and read the Bible through on a regular basis all the way through and that's such a blessing So I know some of these things are big challenges, but don't you think God's worth it? And don't you think if ever there were a time that we should consider doing something for the Lord, whoops, not that one. Now, (laughs) now is the time, now is the time. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your support of me as your pastor, of your church family, and of the Lord. And as we go into this year, I pray that we will grow in our faith, and in our walk with Him, and we'll be able to look back as we begin 2025, the Lord doesn't return until then, and we'll thank God for what He's done in each of our hearts and lives. Let's bow for prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for your love, and I thank you for this opportunity this morning to be challenged. Lord, I can't help but believe that we're going to be seeing you face to face in the very near future. So... Lord, would you help us to redeem the time? Help us to utilize our time wisely. Lord, help us to do those things that will count for eternity. And Lord, it's going to take your Holy Spirit working in our hearts to cause that to happen because our flesh doesn't handle this well. So Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. And I pray, Lord, that the vision that you've laid upon my heart will be one that you burn in the hearts of all of our church family. And uh, Lord, I'm looking forward to the time where we can look back and give you praise for all that you've accomplished. And we'll thank you. Right before I conclude in prayer, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, nobody looking around, I've got to ask this, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Or do you have some doubt? wonder how many this morning could say, Pastor Arnold, I know for sure. I don't have doubt. I remember the time. I know I'm saved. I don't question that. How many would put their hand up and say, Pastor, I know I'm saved. Put your hand up right now. I know I am saved. I know, in a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm saved. All right, put your hands down. Could anybody raise their hand and say, Pastor, I don't know, but I'd like to know. If that's the case, would you raise your hand so I can see it? I would not embarrass you and not call your name out. Anybody like that? Pastor, pray for me. I don't know. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the sweet time we've had this morning. In your word, and I thank you, Lord, for the fact that we can call upon you for all of our needs. And I thank you for this sweet, sweet church family. And I pray that you might help us to grow more like you. And I pray, Lord, that you help us to be good servants, ones that are approved by you. Continue to use us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.